Voices that inspire the extended interview. My name is Brian Penske. I'm the head women's soccer coach at Florida State University. How long have you been doing that? I've been here at Florida State for about 18 to 20 months now, so a little over a year and a half. It's been quite a year and a half, I would say. Oh, it's been awesome. It's been uh, the biggest challenge of my professional life, which uh, is no surprise. I knew exactly kind of um, what I was getting into from a from a challenge standpoint and a uh, uh, big risk professionally, um, but again, a risk that I knew I was taking and um, I kind of said, uh, heck with it, let's, let's go for it. And I couldn't be more thankful that I, uh, that I did make that choice. So how did you start? Did you play soccer as a young person? Did you, mm-hmm. How did you get into soccer? I have a brother who is 18 months older than myself, and he joined a team when he was, I think, in first grade. And so I probably would have been in kindergarten or preschool, four years old. And as a lot of younger kids do, they follow their older siblings. And so I started playing and played my whole life and played Division III uh, college soccer at Emory University and and then uh, got out of college and really didn't know what I wanted to do, pretty lost, um, but went back to my high school. I was very uh, close with my high school coach. He was an English teacher and kind of mentor of mine. And he said, why don't you come back to uh, school and uh, I'll give you a couple of classes to teach. He was chair of the English department. You can teach a couple of classes and coach with me and see how life goes. And uh, that's where it started. Where was that? Was that? Uh, in Rockville, Maryland. Okay. So is, is that... Is that where you grew that's up? home. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and that's where I lived. Uh, I went to Emory in Atlanta, but until I moved um, when I was 43, I left. I was at the University of Maryland and left and went to the University of Tennessee. So the first 39 of 43 years of my life, I was in Maryland. Well, you obviously realized as you started to coach that it was something you liked. 100%. Loved it. And... Um, when you're a teacher uh, at the high school level, middle school level, whatever the case may be, and I was at the high school level teaching English, teaching economics, and coaching, 75% of your life is really teaching, right? You're in the class all day, you're grading, you're preparing, and then you're coaching for just a couple hours. And after three or four years of that, I learned I don't want to teach forever. I want to coach, and I wanted to to find a way to make it a full-time profession for myself. And thankfully, in uh, the spring, summer of 1998, I uh, was fortunate enough to get my first college coaching job, and that was as an assistant coach at George Washington University in Washington, D.C. So what do you think makes a good coach? Mm, Great question. I think first and foremost... um, you have to be an empathetic human being, um, you know, and, and there's the on-the-field side and then there's the off-the-field side, right? And off the field, you know, you need to be able to, in the ideal world, and especially nowadays, ideally you're able to connect with your players, right, and connect with them as people and connect with them as players. Um, and they're, those are two different things, um, but at the end of it, they're, they're, they're people, And I have gone back and forth over the 30 years of coaching 
between men and women. I have not coached men since 2004, but I've been asked the question, which do you prefer? What's the difference? This and that. And I said it back then in the early 2000s, and I'll say it now, you're coaching people. And all the generalizations that people may want to make between coaching men and coaching women, yeah, the, some of those are, are, are maybe accurate, but you're still coaching people. And um, whether it's the sensitivities or the arrogance or the confidence or the lack of confidence, you're going to find all of those in men and you're going to find all of those in women. You just have to connect with them as people. And then on the field, ideally, you you know what you're talking about and so that you can gain their respect and that they want to hear from you as a coach and they want to hear your opinion and what you have to say and they feel like this is an individual as my coach who can help them become a better player. So for you then as the coach, what do you do to prepare? I mean, it, it's there's so much focus on the players, but you're like the, the the conductor behind the players. And so how do you keep working on your skill sets to keep rising to the challenges that are presented to you, which lately there have been a lot, a lot of them? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, in terms of my own personal development, I've been a head coach now for 19 seasons, 18 seasons. I, I kind of lost count there. And so you sort of stop working for a head coach. You now are, I have been now that head coach. And we've been in the process of hiring a new assistant coach. And I said to my my current assistant coach, Bobby, about a month ago when we were talking about this, I said, I don't want – Bobby and I are very connected. We're very good friends. And I said, I don't want you and I to be the smartest guy in the room when we're – guys in the room when we're sitting and talking. So I want someone who is better than me. And certainly if they're better than me in every area, beautiful. If they're better than me on, in certain areas and more intelligent than me in certain areas, then that's great because I want to continue to get better. I watch a lot of different sports I watch a lot of different coaches. I watch coaches' interviews. I watch coaches' press conferences. I just – I watch a lot and I observe a lot and I learn a lot. And I've said this many times, this obviously being the challenging job that it is and continues to be, I'm very thankful to have gotten this opportunity when I was 53 years old because – probably the 33-year-old version of myself wouldn't have been as successful. I'm just, I'm older um, and I'm more experienced and uh, and therefore hopefully a little bit better at what I do. Well, it, it certainly came in and uh, helped you out when you're navigating taking on a team that was going through th their own trauma of losing a coach that they probably came to FSU to play for. And how you navigated that was probably the biggest challenge you faced coming in. Yes, and um, I think that was the biggest determining factor in terms of how we were going to do in 2022 and, and beyond. Um, because we talked before we came on air about the transfer portal. And um, the day I uh, arrived on campus, we had nine players on our team that were not in the transfer portal. Everybody else was in the transfer portal. And I said it to them and I said it in interviews that, um, you know, they had every right to do that. And I'm 
glad for them that they did that because it allowed them to make uh, the best educated decision for themselves um, because we should all be able to make the best educated decisions for ourselves. And I joked, I think, in my introductory press conference that I had just gone into the transfer portal by leaving Tennessee and coming to Florida State and why shouldn't they have that same right? And um, so over the course of you know weeks and a couple of months, players were able to get to know me and I was able to get to know them and I first and foremost showed genuine empathy for what they were going through and you know you're right they came here because of Mark and um, Mark was the best in the business over the last 15 years and I think everybody in the college soccer world would say that and um, and I said that to our players and so and I said it to Mark that that June, two months after I'd gotten here. I said, Mark, you, you know, thank thank goodness you're healthy, but your departure is like a death to them, right? And you use the word traumatic, and um, you're right because they were getting ready to go to practice on that Tuesday afternoon. They were dressed and uh, cleats on, I believe, and and it was he was in there for eight to ten minutes and um, gone. You know, not totally out of their lives, but you know for all intents and purposes, out of their lives. And um, and then I came into their lives three or four weeks later, and that we all know that's that's a very small amount of time. And um, so I just basically said, look, I, I'm, I'm not in your shoes, but I feel for what you're going through and continue to go through. And um, you are the reigning national champions and ACC champions. And I hope to learn a lot from you, and hopefully you can learn from me, and hopefully we can do this together because um, it's not your typical, oh, excited to see who the new coach is. You know, maybe in, somehow inside their brains they were hoping Mark Corner was going to walk back in that room. And um, So I think over time they learned to trust me a little bit. I think so. <laughs> it, it appears that way. So when you say you learn from them, what, what are the kind of things you, you do learn from your players? A lot of things. Um, first of all, in, in this case, how things have been done here at Florida State, right? And, um, and that team, for the fall of 21, we had 21 players, 20 players on the team. And Oni Ekagini was the only new player that came in. There were two other freshmen that came in um, that had committed to Mark, and then Oni was the only one that had not committed to Mark. So... 17 of the 20 uh, knew how things, you know, were run, um, both from a daily training standpoint to a soccer on-field technical and tactical standpoint um, and just the, the, the culture of the entire program. And I told them in that initial meeting, meeting and then even into August when we started preseason and into October, we're not going to change just to change. Um, we're going to try and just keep on keeping on because we had so many returning players from a team that was essentially flawless. So why are we changing anything, right? And so I told them, I said, I need, I need your help. And um, we did change anything that we really wanted to change that was quote-unquote, you know, halfway major um, on the field – um, we had a leadership group of six rising seniors, and I would bring them in and say, hey, 
this is what I'm thinking um, regarding very specifically it was how we how how Florida State soccer defended and um, obviously I studied a decent amount of film that summer because um, when I came and met them it was the first night of final exams and so they were they were all scattering that week and actually some had already left town and weren't in that initial meeting so we didn't have time to spend together that summer because they didn't show up until about a week before preseason. So I watched video and then and, and learned how they defended. But I felt like we needed to defend differently based on our personnel. Um, we had lost a couple of midfielders from the prior year, Jalen Howe being one key one, Yuji Zhao another key one. And so that kind of shifted the depth in midfield. And so I said, look, I don't think we have the same depth, so I think this is how we need to pressure and defend. What do you guys think? And it made complete sense to them, and they understood it, and they were supportive, and and that's how we move forward. And so just getting their buy-in was, was, was everything. Um, the last thing I wanted to do was say this is how we're going to do it and them not, and actually we had we had something um where that was the case right where i said we want to defend a certain way on free kicks and corner kicks and it was really a, a way of the future in the way a lot of teams on a professional and international level were defending and we felt like this was good for their development and i really believed that and we did it and we gave up a goal against Auburn defending that way, and we tied the game one-to-one. -one. And so three days later, we had, when we were back together again, we had a very long video session, but it was an amazing um, session where there was a lot of give and take, and we came out on the other side. Um, it was about a two-hour video session, and then we went on a string of, I think, five straight games of scoring five goals per game. Which is really amazing. I mean, five goals is a lot in soccer. Mm -hmm. A lot. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's impressive. Five goals and five games with five goals. Mm -hmm. It was uh, Florida, Boston College, Florida Gulf Coast, uh, Louisville, and maybe one other one in there, and that was coming out of and that the defending on the free kick. And corner, it was actually free kicks. We gave it the goal to Auburn. We were, our record was one win, zero losses, and two ties. And in Florida State soccer standard, the sky is falling. And so we had that really long video session. And we, as a coaching staff, finally said, okay, even though we like this method of defending, we want them to be comfortable. And we want them to be confident. And we want them to believe in what they're doing. We're going to defend the way you guys have defended for years, and we'll change. And the last thing that we could have in any of this was too much pride or too much ego, right? It was all about what's going to be best for the players and therefore what's going to be best for our team. And so we, we changed back to how they'd been doing it, and uh, we're successful moving forward. It seemed, as a fan... Um, that there was just a real cohesiveness to that team, this mm -hmm. past team. They were just, they knew how to play with each other in such a level that it was just joyful to watch. Uh, 100%. Um, they were, 
obviously connected by their love for the game, their love for each other. They, you know, we, I said in 2022, we had 20 players. This past fall, 2023, we had 21 players. And I told our team this morning, this small roster size is what makes us unique and um, allows the connectivity right, uh, to, to grow and develop. And then they were, I think, just um, connected by their, their common undying want to win and selfless want and determination to win. And I've said this many times since we won. Um, you know, they're very talented. They were incredibly determined but they're also their standards are so high, and it wasn't until I think it was our eleventh game of the season or so that they really believed that they were good, and we were ranked top two or three in the country the whole time. But they still thought they weren't very good, and then we beat um, Notre Dame four to one and played extremely well. And I think at that point they felt like, you know what, maybe maybe we are a pretty good team. Maybe we can do something special because the prior national championship was 2021, and I already referenced Jalen Howe, Emily Madrill, and there are three other, three or four other big personalities, high talented players on that team, and it was quote unquote their team, right? And now it was the team of the Beata Olsons and Leilani Nesbitt and Lauren Flynn and Christina Roquet, and it was their time to shine, and. Again, these they're, they're humans, and so they don't naturally just say, okay, we're Florida State and we're stars and we're amazing. We're going to win again. They wonder, how how good are we, right? How, how well am I doing as a leader, right? And how well have we prepared? And so on that day against Notre Dame, we, we, they realized, right, how good they were. We were trying to tell them they weren't really believing us, and then, then their performance taught them. And so then we had the talent – the determination which we always had, and then all of a sudden they had the belief. And I think from that point forward, I think we outscored our opponents like 37-2 to two in our final like 10 games of the season, including uh, the national tournament. The national tournament, oh my goodness. It was just awesome. It was amazing. And uh, a team in Stanford that I don't think they had lost another 36 or 39 games they hadn't given up more than one goal a game all season. Hadn't given up, but they'd they'd only given up ten on the season. Um, but I knew we were good, and I felt like there was a chance if we got a goal or two, um, our team was going to maybe get another goal or two um, because of again you go back to that the talent, the belief, and then just the undying determination to finish the job. And um, and then the, the age and the experience, right? We had a lot of three-year, four-year, and then some five-year college student athletes. And we were talking before, you know, we came on air about we have a 17-year-old now that's just enrolled. All the young women that help us win these very significant games were 21, 22 years old. And then, you know, we have a Little baby in Jordan Dudley, who plays like a woman, right? And then Mimi Van Zant and another freshman. So they're 18 years old, maybe 19 now, I'm not sure. They're young, but they just followed the older players, right? And uh, 
the older players helped them be comfortable in their own skin and confident to where uh, we were we were kind of untouchable. It really was. It was a remarkable game. I mean, it was a little unnerving, sort of a slow start. But then we sort of just took off, and there was no looking back. You're right. It was a slow, slow start, right, feeling each other out a little bit. But then, again, Jordan Dudley, right, uh, amazing play where she draws the penalty kick and then has the confidence and courage in that moment to step up and take it and, and bury it. And our team is... Uh, they, they, they feed off their own successes um, when they pressure hard and the fans get behind them and they get energy from that. And they feed off. Usually when we score a goal, it led to this past fall another goal. And so in that game, in that moment, I think it was – I can't remember if it was 23 or 24 or 26 seconds later, we scored goal number two on arguably the most beautiful goal of the year. Yeah. It's just wonderful, just incredible. So I've asked you, we've talked a lot about the game. I, you know, what keeps you inspired in doing what you're doing? It's hard and you work hard, and I'm sure your family makes sacrifices for all the work you do at the level you do it at. So what, what keeps you going at it? The players, Un, unequivocally the players. And they come to Florida State or in years past, Tennessee, Maryland, um, to have an amazing experience, to develop and prepare themselves for the next phase of life. And here at Florida State, that next phase of life often is becoming a professional. And so I want to do right by our players all the time. I live in fear of letting them down. And that might sound drastic, but it's true. I want to do right by them on the field, off the field, in every way to where they leave here and they're um, so happy with their experience and grateful for their experience and that they want to maintain a lifelong relationship with us. Which gets me to my next question. It so must be so emotionally challenging at times because you get so close to these players and then they leave. It, it's not the pros. So, you know, they have often a very short time with you and then they're off to hopefully great, great opportunities that, that come to them because of their success here. But emotionally, though, it must be challenging to like, okay, you lose someone like Beata Olson and... Uh, Nesbeth and all these remarkable players that you have watched this yes. year, and yes. and now they go off and and yes. you have to start all over in a no, way. No, that is such a great question. When players leave and you have to start over, uh, some coaches probably deal with it better than others. I don't like it. I'm 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 not a fan of change in general, and I do get attached to to people and. Um, Starting anew is hard, and uh, and that anew started literally this morning when we had our new team in the meeting room. And you know, as it is, we, we don't have assigned seats, but when we come into this classroom, as we call it, they all sit in the same seats every day. And so I stared at about seven or eight empty chairs today, or new humans sitting in those chairs, and that's always a little bit odd and different, you know, and. 
So the thing that makes it okay is knowing that they're going on to that next dream of theirs. And so seeing them thrive um, is amazing. And uh, a player that played for um, us at Tennessee now plays for Manchester City, and her name is Bunny Shaw. And I'm texting with her this morning because they had an 11-a-side match with um, – they and they had to fill out the teams with some younger players this morning. And so she's helping me scout younger players to potentially bring to Florida State. So we stay in touch with all of them. But like I said earlier with, with Mark and Mark's departure – Right, it's it's a change, right, and it's a new life and a new reality and a new world. But, and then you start over, and a couple weeks into it, you know, you you acclimate and you adapt and and you move forward with the next group of phenomenal players. Well, you have said so many wonderful things, and I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're so busy, so that you came and spent some time with me. I really appreciate it. And I can't wait for the next season. And congratulations on the national championship. What a phenomenal success for you and your team. And I look forward to more great moments of, of incredible play with the women at FSU. Thank you, Kim. And I really appreciate you having me here today. And uh, I can feel your, your heartfelt support and passion for our team and our players and our program. Thank you. You're welcome. It's an honor to work at Florida State University and be the be the soccer coach at such a prestigious university, um, prestigious soccer program in the Atlantic Coast Conference. You know, we, we talked before. The great question, is it harder to get good or is it harder to stay good? And our challenge moving forward, right, the greatest challenge of my life, professional life, is to continue to stay good. I'm Brian Penske, head soccer coach, Florida State University.